Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the RPD Dispatch. This is a spooktacular episode where we played Dead Space. Joining me today is an amalgam, a monster, a man who is made from many parts. He is Franken-Chris. And my other ghoulish friend, John the Werewolf. On this spectacular episode, we had our friends play Dead Space, a new game released by EA Games. So, let's get into the party. The Ishimura. A deep space mining vessel stranded in outer space. Its crew horribly mutated by an alien virus. There are only three survivors. Isaac, an insecure engineer. Hammond, a black guy who we expected would die first. And Kendra, a woman. Oh, oh, and Dr. Mercer, who is revealed to be Tom Cruise. This is Isaac's story. What the hell? armor-plated alien killing machine that salivates unspeakable slobber doesn't mean it's a bad person. What we've got to do is get it round a table, put together a solution package, perhaps over tea and biscuits. Look at him. You can't trust his opinion. He's got no anger. He's a total dork. Okay, everyone. So, sorry to disappoint you, but no, we're not all going to be doing the voices. Uh, I am, of course, John. God. I am, of course, John, better known as Dot50Cal on the boards. And I'm Chris, better known as Alzair on the boards. And I'm uh, John, better known as Mr. Spencer on the for- on the forums, uh, also from Project Umbrella. Absolutely. So we had the guys play Dead Space for a bit here. Uh, new game, uh, sort of an untested IP, that, but EA seems to really be pushing for it. Um, now I don't know about you guys, but this game kind of came out of nowhere for me. It just sort of came on my radar about two months ago. I've been avoiding all the media for it. So I wanted to just kind of get your thoughts, your general thoughts after having played the game. Non-spoiler thoughts. We'll uh, we'll give a spoiler warning when we're going to get into that territory. But Chris, let's start with you. What did you think about the game? Um, I was pretty pretty impressed by it. I felt it uh it borrowed a lot of elements from other games, but I thought it did so in a very good way. It had you know elements from Doom Three, such as the types of environments and the the atmosphere a little bit, but it it didn't quite emulate it in my opinion it, it had a lot of borrowed features from it but not quite the same and i could you know notice some things and i noticed some other similarities that could be attributed to other games and movies um such as elements from the the movie and the game the thing oh, from definitely. john by john carpenter yeah, and uh definitely uh maybe possibly a couple of aliens references yep. uh and, and a few other uh such horror genre. Uh, Event Horizon. That's one that comes to mind. Uh, a little. Yeah, a, a little bit. A little, a little bit, bit. Yeah. Right. Sounds the monsters, obviously. <laughs> now, you, you and uh, John both played the PS3 version, correct? 
Yes. Now, mm-hmm. I understand, John, that has a special PS3 suit? Uh, yeah, uh, there's a, uh, after the 360 and the PS3 versions uh, each offer an ex- uh, a console-exclusive suit that you can download from either the, uh, uh, the uh, Xbox Live Arcade or the PlayStation Store. Uh, basically, these are console-exclusive suits. Now... They're level four or level five. Suit? Uh, they're level five, okay. and they're designed to resemble the console, like the Xbox suit, the Elite suit, who have like your know, white, gray, and you know, a, a green glow on the helmet or what have you. Uh-huh. Uh, PS3 version, however, is like black color with like a, a blue glow on the on the visor. No, I'd, I'd think a black suit would probably look a lot cooler than a than a white one. So. <laughs> Yes. Pl- uh, I don't know. And plus, you do always get the uh, the military suit at the very end of the game. Uh, the, you unlock the, uh, the stormtrooper outfit. Yeah, I... really resembles one of them. But the one of the things I was disappointed in was there was no, as of right now, there's no exclusive uh, PC downloadable content because I played the the PC version a bit reluctantly at first, but I kind of got it. It grew you on me. You weren't a fan of it at first, were you? You weren't keen on it. No, it. Like the the main problems I had with the game was the field of view. It seemed really narrow, but um, I eventually trucked through it, um, and and actually playing with the gamepad helped a lot more because the the mouse movement, like uh, there's something wrong with it when you have V-Sync on in the game, so it's very laggy and it, like unplayable. But even if you do turn off uh, V-Sync on the game, it's still a bit laggy, so I found that going with a gamepad's way better on that front. Another, another thing about Dead Space is that even though it's third person, the camera is so far up the character's ass that it may as well be first person. Yeah, you know, it's, really, it's yeah. really up front, you know. It may... I, I had trouble adapting to it for a little bit, but after after the first 15 minutes or so, it kind of felt like second nature and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, we heard what Chris kind of thought about the game, but what about you, John? Well, uh, I didn't think much of it at first. I thought, my EA reputation isn't particularly stellar. Yeah. Uh, they haven't really been very original. And I thought, well, you know, Dead Space seems quite good. It's got good reviews from people, and I think I'll give it a go. So I gave it a go, and uh, I was, su- well, I think surprised is the most appropriate word to use. Uh, very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I might add. I was like, "Wow, this is really this is uh, you know not the most original game. You know, space operas with drama and survival horror. You know, been done many a time before. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, the gameplay is a bit repetitive. You go, you blunder from one crisis to another. Repair the ships, <laughs> repair the environmental controls, fix the engines, etc. But the, but on the other side of that, the environments and the lighting effects are really well done. You know, yeah. The layout of the maps and the, the rooms and that, the layout, whatever, it's it's pretty impressive. I don't, you know, there's a light, there's a lot of uh, diversity of the enemies. Uh, you know, I, it's not it's not perfect. It's not it's by no means a perfect game, but it is very good, especially when you consider that it's an EA title, and for someone. Like me, and I'm sure there's many other gamers out there who hold a distinct, uh, you know, dislike for EA. I think this has got a long way to, uh, you know, actually making me think differently about them as a as a as a developer yeah. and a publisher. I was really surprised as well because, like, the the marketing push that this game is getting is 
huge. I mean, they got the uh, the Downfall DVD, the Blu-ray that just released, um, and the comic they brought out as well. Yeah, that like they've really been pushing this as like a triple A title, and I mean, the game obviously is really, really good. I mean, it's very polished. There, I mean, there's certain things in the game that I sort of, I uh, like. I think this late in this generation, it sort of is like uh, it's harder to forgive. Be- like, uh, for instance, the the Havoc physics that they use in this game. I don't know the specifics on this, but I'm told that, like, uh, there, there's been a... There's since been an update, like, it's about maybe two two years old now. There's an update for the Havoc physics SDK, which lets you assign weight to uh, certain objects. And that, that that would go a long way, I think, in my opinion, with, with this game, if they were to do that. Because... It, I'm sure anybody who's played the game notices if you bump into any object that's free, you know, free floating in the in the in the environment, uh it just flops around and goes crazy. Like uh I think there's one memorable scene. It's not too much, too big of a spoiler, but there's a woman who's alive at the time and she she hands you an item and then she dies and as soon as she does, like her body just spazzes out and goes completely crazy and then l- lays down and it just really kind of broke the immersion for me. Did, did that happen on the PlayStation 3 version, guys? Yes. Oh, that's disappointing to hear that. Same thing happened, yeah. But I wanted to, I really got to hand it to them, though. Like, uh, Chris kind of drew parallels to Doom 3, but mm-hmm. in my opinion, Doom 3 was just re- repetition for the sake of repetition. You know, that monster closets, literally. Like, you know, there's a, there's a monster... And we've built this room here just as a closet for this monster to hide in. That you didn't really see any of that in Dead Space. They they use the environment really well. So like you know, enemies would come through the vents, pl- places where you would realistically expect them. You know, you, you're not going to have like a monster chain smoking waiting in the closet for you for five hours, <laughs> waiting for his moment. And then as soon as you kill him, like one will spawn in behind you. But you don't get any of that with this. I mean, there are f- certain areas later in the game where they sort of seem to pour out but I can I can forgive it because it seems somewhat realistic how they'd be using the vent structure for that I mean we should point out you know it might be, it should be interesting to point out here that uh, the game uh, when it was being released uh, it wasn't released in uh, I think it's been released in Germany now but it wasn't released in Germany or Japan or I think Australia I don't think they got it I think they have it now I don't know someone can fill me in on that but what I find interesting is this if I can you know steer away for a little bit here sure. if I can here it comes. go on a tangent if you will <laughs> now here my now listen to this right Dead Space made by EA an American company it's banned in Japan which is surprising because Japan are a, you know, a culture that you know very easy going. They let anything slide. You know what I mean? Mm. And I mean it's got a it's got a giant tentacle monster in it. So what's you know what's not in the game for a Japanese person to like? You know, it's, <laughs> I mean I think the point is, and this is what this is how I think it is, right? If Dead Space had been made by a Japanese developer like Capcom or whatever, it would have been a killer hit in Japan. That's a fact. It would have been a killer hit in Japan because of the fact that they did it first, they created it, a Japanese developer, Japanese company, whatever. But because it was made by EA, a non-Japanese American company, it banned it. And you can call that, you know, uh, um, 
ignorance or blowing, or blowing things out of proportion or what have you. But when you look at uh, Japan as a culture, I think I think that it becomes quite clear that I mean I might be right there. Given you given know? your history here, you take it with a grain of salt. But I, I think you might have a, a a pretty accurate point there. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm not being I'm not being racist here. Well, I I am in no sense, but who cares? <laughs> I'm not. But I mean, Japan has always been they've always been a culture that has been not really liked outsiders it's an island they i mean they only really kept in contact with the dutch in history um they only traded with the dutch and they they kept themselves and they were they're a very xenophobic culture I'm, xenophobic race. I'm actually kind of surprised that it got banned like silent hill homecoming that got released in japan and that had a kind of a you know pretty gory scenes in it, you know the uh, yeah, the but, striations but, that you could lacerate, like the lacerations that you could inflict on the enemies, was pretty bloody looking. And but I, did it have tentacle monsters in it? <laughs> and if anything, that's always the crux of the issue when you're dealing with Japanese gamers. The crux of the issue is this: it revolves around one simple question: Does it have tentacles? But the, and preferably hentai chicks. They're oh, a bonus. The the even more bizarre thing is like it's it's uh, it's alien species basically. I mean, yeah, there's some human gore in it, but it's you know they're turning into an alien species. So it makes me wonder really why it was banned. You know, I mean the the death animations for uh, like Isaac it, when you get killed. You know, it's, it's sort of all the same. You know, just like you see a little red flesh here and there, and you know, it, it's nothing really. Nothing that would really warrant a, a banning, in my opinion. You know, it's. I was disappointed, to be honest, by it. Yeah. Oh, the really uh, the death animations. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting something where you know drags you, you know, some kind of Mortal Kombat fatality esque. Well, death, you know, where he drags your spinal column out and. Yeah, that, jungles your kidneys. <laughs> that would yeah. be that would be more interesting. There are a few times where you know you'll get a special scene where a certain nemesis ripoff type monster kills you where he'll inflict this uh really elaborate death animation on you but overall yeah like the end result is the same you just sort of break into chunks even when it's not really warranted like uh you know like a a monster will swat you and it'll kill you you'll fall on the ground and your torso will just fall in half and it's like wait what but um but getting back to the to the game here itself um i've had a couple of memorable moments in the game i think john you did as well uh, there yeah. was there was one in particular. This isn't really a spoiler. I mean, you know, you encounter enemies throughout the game, and this is just another random encounter that I found kind of funny. Um, during the second playthrough, I was going through on impossible mode, and I was going through with John here on Skype, and we were just sort of, like, pacing the game out so that we're at the same area at the same time. And there's a certain point where you're coming across this uh, tram, Elevator, this you know, these this gondola thing, yeah, isn't it? I yeah, think. yeah, exactly. Pretty much, exactly. I think it's chapter seven that was when you're going back because you go. Uh... But uh, yeah, you're going across the gondola, and uh, John and I had just you know, there's a very tense moment just before that where you use pretty much all your ammunition, and me and John both ran out of ammo going back on this gondola, so we just sort of had to take the hits that we were getting, and then. As as you're coming up to the uh, to the to the landing site for the gondola, you see two necromorphs ne- or necromorphs. Sorry, uh, it's the black versions too, so they're pretty strong. And uh, I had no ammo, and so did John. So, I guess I'll tell my story first here, and then John, we can you 
save the best for last. Uh, I wouldn't exactly call it that. So, Reckless. So I, so I knew uh, I was in trouble here, because on impossible difficulty, just one or two hits from those things will kill you. So I had I had timed it just right so that as soon as the gondola landed and the the shutters opened and I was instantly getting attacked by them, but I managed to punch punch them both in the face. So then I quickly ran out of there and my goal was to reach an elevator and as I started coming to the elevator, you know, I was look I was looking back to make sure they weren't following and thankfully they weren't. I guess my my blows stunned them enough. But then all of a sudden a uh, a necromorph dropped down the ceiling, right? next to the elevator so I rush into the elevator I know it's right on my back because I can hear it so I quickly hit the switch for the elevator and I look back and I'm horrified to see that he's stepping into the elevator ever so slightly like they do you know they're just sort of feeling their way with their backwards bent knees he's lurching in and then all of a sudden the door is shut and he's sort of stuck in between them and I'm like oh no this can go this can go one of two ways here he can either fall out fall through the elevator or he's inside it so it's very tense couple of seconds there and then finally it went up and thank thank god he sunk through the uh the elevator there <laughs> so i was saved and uh saved by the glitch saved by the glitch yeah but john i think your story is a bit more dramatic so go ahead and tell that well I was, you know i was on my way back same scenario same predicament no ammunition and you know, the two necromorphs that are waiting, I was like, okay, well, I can probably do this. So I did, you know, hit them both, and I moved on. And I was okay for a while, and then I, lo- I got caught with the third one that drops down. And he, he uh, held me back for a bit. I had a bit of trouble getting past him. You know, he slowed me down, lagged me down. Yeah. But I got past him, you know, pushed him aside, whatever, ran to the elevator, turned around and pushed, you know, slammed my palm into the elevator panel, and, you know, I was going up. I was like, ah, oh, it's okay. I'm up on the elevator now. I managed to get out of there. I turned around and I realized that all three of them had managed to follow me into the elevator <laughs> and were going up with me on the elevator. <laughs> so all you could hear was the elevator going, oh, no. going up. There's this brief moment of silence, you know, where, you know, it's like, all right then, lads. And they're just standing you. there with you? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they, just like, just, I don't know why. They were just like waiting for some reason. You didn't, and like, you they had... knew I was. To yeah, clarify, you you had no ammo, so I had no ammo at this point. And this is two dark necromorphs and a normal necromorph, which is a pretty sizable challenge, even if you have ammo. Uh, and I was playing on medium difficulty. Yeah. And uh, I was going along, and I don't know why they didn't know. They just stood there. What it was like? It was almost like they knew that I was good as dead. They were just toying <laughs> with me. So they were just there, like watching me for. I don't know. Oh, they would just have like a second, a second or two, maybe. And I just stood there watching, and I was like. All right then, lads. Let's be happy with you. And I just kind of just stasis the first, stasis the second one. So he was in stasis. The one closest to me immediately attacked me. <laughs> I was grappling with him, and you know the animation where you're grappling with the necromorph. Oh yeah. And the a- a- animation played out, and I was pr- I was mashing X, pushed him aside, and immediately turned to my right and engaged the third one, hit him across the face with a melee attack, knocked him back. <laughs> The first one comes back at me again. I put him in stasis, and I start clubbing onto him again, and I, I attack the second one. At this point, the third one's recovered. He's coming to charge me again. I put him in stasis, so all three are in stasis now, and I'm clobbering away, and then one of them unfreezes. The second one unfreezes, and he starts attacking me. I'm taking damage, and I'm, you know, I'm, I had there's a couple of health packs here. You know, I did take quite a lot of damage. Yeah. So I'm wildly swinging my, you know, my gun around, punching them or what have you, and grappling with these things. 
And it's like, I, I managed to kill one fell to the ground dead, and then the other two came at me again. It's like, I'll grab this other one and pushed him aside, you know, as you do in the animation. And then kept clobbering, the, kept putting him in stasis and hitting him with melee attacks. The second one went down. It was just me and this one other guy. This was last necromorph. And and then he attacked me again, and I just kind of hit him, and I just kept stomping the ground. And when all was said and done, I just saw these three bloody corpses on the ground next to me, and the elevator doors just go and open. <laughs> oh. It was a boss battle. It was like an MGS battle, that was. It was a great story, yeah. <laughs> when they come at you in the elevator. Oh, what a great story, though. But one of the things that always amazed me in this game was, like, how Doom 3 was so repetitious. It was just... Every environment looked exactly the same. The same prefab textures, the same prefab, you know, environments. But, like, Dead Space managed to make it so that you know you're still on the same ship. Like, the the art style's pretty much the same. But, like, the environments you go to are so varied. Like, there's the greenhouse area. Not much of a spoiler there. I mean, I think, you know, we'd all realize that they'd need to grow food. But, like, just... The, the variations in the environments are absolutely fantastic, and I, I never really once noticed any, like, reused, like, rooms or anything, and it really surprised me for, especially for an EA game, you know? They they really put, like, a lot of care into this. A lot of effort went into making the game, a lot of attention to detail. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you, you can, yeah. I mean, you can appreciate that. I mean, despite its mind, you know, its flaws, it's not, it's by no means a perfect game. Yeah. But you can overlook those flaws because you can tell that, you know, even though it's EA, you can tell they have put some effort in. I said it was good, too, because uh, even though there was some backtracking, when you actually had to backtrack, it it would make sure that you'd be able to go through a a slightly, maybe a slightly different path or go into another room that you uh, weren't able to the first time. So it makes it so that you're not following exactly where you went to the last time. And even if you do... It changes it up a little bit by maybe adding another couple of corpses or making a room a little more damaged or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's really interesting. And um, so so one of the big features of the game was the fact that the HUD is entirely in the game. How how in practice how did that work for you guys? Uh, for me, it worked pretty good. I was a uh, I was a little skeptical at first because I, I I like to have I like to be able to organize and you know like the way the original Resident Evils were. And still are, I guess, until maybe Resident Evil 5. But I, I like to be able to, you know, open the inventory. It's like a little safe. And you can kind of just move things around, see what you got, reload your weapons and such whenever you need. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, So I was a little skeptical, but it worked out pretty good. Uh, yeah. At first I thought it was difficult because uh, I didn't like that. I thought at first that you had to go in your uh, inventory to use a health pack every time you needed to. But then I found out you could use the square button and it would use a, a health pack for you. Oh. So the there so there really honestly isn't a whole lot of time where you need to go in your inventory if you really think about it unless you're afraid of using like your biggest that that's probably the only thing I actually had didn't test it out I don't know if it uses your smallest health pack first or if it uses your largest one I hope it, and I didn't want to wa- yeah yeah and I didn't I wouldn't want to waste my largest med packs when I just maybe want to heal a small little bit yeah I'd hope it would be smart with that where it would use whatever's appropriate at the time. But I, I actually never even knew that. Like, I, man, that I, that could have saved me quite a, a lot of trouble, you know, where I'm trying to run away from a necromorph or two and desperately trying to get into the menu. And, of course, you can't run then. So i got to right. use, just use the pack then. But, yeah. John, how about you? What did you think of the in-game menu? 
I thought that it uh, the absence of a HUD uh, helped make the game more immersive, more atmospheric. Yeah, definitely. It's like it's not like you're hiding behind a computer screen and you're watching this ha this action unfold. It's like you were actually there. You were that person, and you had to look at your gun to see how much ammo you had left in it all. The, the health thing, the health status on the back of your, you know, your back or whatever. Yeah. And I like that. Very immersive. I speaking of, speaking of the health things on the back of your uh, suit, uh, you might think at first it's just a, an in-game thing, just so that you know you can see your health on there. And while it it probably still is, and just a little bit of an Easter not an Easter egg, but just something that they added in. But in the anime, the, the Downfall DVD, the characters all have suits and such with the things on their back too, and uh, oh. when people die in it, it'll have their uh their it'll show their health packs going down to like yellow and red, and then die off too so it's it's like they tried to make sh sure that it's uh like something that's always happening and not it's just coherent you know yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that it's something meant to be there unlike in like say you know biohazard 2 where nobody else is wearing leon's uh uniform <laughs> if you get what I, if you get what i mean here <laughs> yeah but um myself i liked it i liked it quite a bit i mean um Navigating the menu was kind of interesting because, you know, Isaac moves his head to the items that you're moving it to and everything like that. It, it's really immersive, but if I, if I had one criticism about it, I'd say the, the map menu could use a bit bit of tweaking. Uh, yes, the map was off. There was a lot of times where, you know, there's multi-story levels where you'll have to, like, really adjust the camera a lot in order to actually get a, per, a good view of where you are. And... There's certain areas like where there's long corridors and this one point where you get on a gondola and travel really far down the end of the ship and like the the camera in there you can't even use it basically like it'll rotate around the actual corridor but you can't actually get a view of the room that you're in so it's like eh, I mean it, it it was nice and everything it was really immersive but I wish they fixed the controls on it a little bit maybe had it auto focus on your character or blot out the upper levels a bit better as long as it wasn't centered is the thing because it centers it centers around a certain point I'm not yeah. sure what it centers around and, and that's that's the only thing really if it had been more free roaming camera in the map it would have been a whole lot uh, better yeah they could have used like the other stick the other analog stick or something like that I guess yeah Oh yeah, Chris. What was Chris? What Chris's moments? Oh yeah. Do you have any Chris? Uh, I didn't really have anything. The only time I really had a any it, moment that just kind of sticks in my head was when I uh, when I discovered the use of the uh, secondary fire on the pulse rifle. I was surrounded in a room, uh -huh. and I, I died a couple times trying to get through it because I didn't have a whole lot of uh, plasma cutter rounds. Yeah. And they they were just coming at me too far, and I hadn't upgraded the pulse rifle any, so it wasn't as powerful as a. Uh, as it should have been at that point, because yeah. I was stockpiling nodes, and uh, I, I was just having so much trouble. And I'm like, you know, I, I just remembered this thing has a secondary fire, and I know what it did. I knew what it did, but I didn't think it'd be very good. And I ended up running into a uh, corner, and they were coming at me. I'm like, well, I'm probably gonna die again, but I'll try this uh, secondary fire, see how it goes. So I did it, and he fired that gun in a 360 arc, and I'm, I, I stand back up and I look around. And I'm like, oh. Okay, awesome. I got most of them. There were like two crawling <laughs> after me, but once they were crawling, there were no real issues. So I was like, hey, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I, I tried the pulse rifle in my second playthrough. I didn't really find it so hot, though. I mean, I, I had it fully upgraded, and a uh, one of those ones with the tail it really took a lot of bullets. Like, I couldn't really properly aim it at its limbs because it kind of had a restricted movement on the uh, 
like you know, he's, it's a long barrel gun, so he kind of moves it a bit slower. Yeah, it was, it was I think it's fine. On, it, I think it's fine on like a medium or easy difficulty, but I think when you get a harder difficulty, it probably doesn't do enough damage, and, and yeah. you've got to have more, too much ammunition for it compared to the other weapons. I actually decided. I mean, oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. I mean, it's a game where the the key the key theme is dismemberment, and a pulse rifle is a weapon that is not a very good, uh, you know, tool for dismembering yeah, exactly. enemies. You know, it is if you have good if you have good aim. It worked Ooh, fine for me in most cases. Is that a dig at me here? What is this? <laughs> no, no, I, I don't mean that. I mean, if, it, it's actually pretty good, and, and I read a lot about it, and the, most people talk about it as a precision weapon with the right next to the plasma cutter. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I've had I just fully upgraded, it, and that's the first time I shot it. Does it fire multiple rounds from the very get go? Like, if you pull the trigger, does it shoot a couple times? Yeah, it's fully automatic. Okay, yeah, because when I pulled the trigger, like, it would shoot three at a time, like, in a burst. Seems as far like... as I know, it's it's fully automatic from the get-go. Oh, okay. Um, Got a dodgy gun there, mate. <laughs> maybe it's I, maybe it's the fact that I'm using the 360 controller and it's, uh, you know, PC game, kind of expecting mouse clicks. Uh, possibly. 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 Yeah. I'm going to say another another defining moment for me in Dead Space was in the maintenance bay and you go into this little side office and this is what I like to call the Jurassic Park uh, Muldoon's Death-esque uh, scenario here <laughs> where uh, I, I there was like a mo- I heard it outside this little office or room whenever I saw a monster walk past the window and I thought well this bug is right outside the door I know where he is so I opened the door gun raised there he is sure enough right in front of me Blast his limbs off, kill him, over and done with. So I step out, you know, securing the knowledge that I've killed him, you know, I'm none the wiser. Step out there, and suddenly I stop. Like a rabbit caught in the headlights of a moving car. <laughs> I just stop, and I... I just take a few deep breaths to myself as... The, uh... Adrenaline begins to flow through my body, and the realisation dawns upon me. And then I, you know, take a brave, brave breath... Slowly turn to my right, and there is a colossal necromorph towering above me, right next to me. <laughs> and it was in striking distance. And all I could say at the time was, "Well, what Muldoon says in Jurassic Park: clever girl." <laughs> now, how about the store? Uh, I don't know about you guys, but as soon as I got to the store, you know, I was already getting shades of RE4 during the whole game. But like during the very end of the first chapter, you know, you get access to a store, and I went there, and then I seen that there's, like, a safe where you can store your items, you know, and pick them up later, and I was like, oh, man, wow, they're, they're really kind of, like, taking all the best parts from Resident Evil 4, and, you know, just sticking with them, you know? The item boxes. Yeah, like, sticking, they're taking the best parts from uh, the res- previous Resident Evil, because 4 didn't even have an item box, did it? No. Uh, I don't think so. No, no, no oh. item box there. So they just sort of took that from there and. We well, had your attaché case, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Which kind of doubled as an item box, I imagine. Yeah, sort of. But I thought I thought it was really it was a really nice nod to to Resident Evil, and and speaking of the story, you know, there's that the upgrade system with the nodes and everything. Um, I I during my first playthrough, I didn't really understand how how the uh, system would work, so I just sort of just. You know, I just put 
a node wherever and, you know, try to follow a chain. And then I realized quickly that, you know, oh, you can actually save a node or two if you follow a certain pattern here and still get all the upgrades. What did you guys think of the system? I thought it was pretty, uh, it's good in practice, but you got it. It doesn't pander to the uh, people that may be a little more uh, conservative, because throughout most of the game, I never upgraded anything because I wasn't. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I didn't know exactly what weapons I would need to be upgrading. And, yeah, that's. And you can't. And you can't get the nodes back. I didn't want to get something like grab like the force gun or something before I knew it's actually a good weapon at the time. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to grab something like that without playing with it and everything and, and stick some upgrade nodes in there because they're not easy to come by. Yeah. I, and, actually, I actually didn't upgrade until like the fourth chapter and then I finally realized, okay, I should probably start upgrading here and then when I got to chapter six, I'm like, all right, I better start doing the rig now and everything. So. Right. And one one thing I didn't like, though, is uh, is that it takes certain amount of nodes to be of any use for some things like uh, I don't remember oh, which yeah, weapon yeah. it was but first thing is like I think it's the pulse rifle the first thing you can upgrade is like capacity and then you've got to spend like two or three no- node upgrades I think before you can get to a damage yeah. one and I, I didn't like how you had to have because I wasn't sure I thought maybe you had to just put a node in the certain spot then you could upgrade the stuff ne- nearby mm. it just by upgrading it and uh it turns out, like, for some upgrades, you've got to use three or four nodes to get to. And sometimes, for certain things, you have to upgrade certain uh, things you don't really care about to get to, uh, like, the more important ones, like, say, quantity uh, of ammunition in the gun and damage. Yeah. So I, I think it could have uh, been a little, designed a little better, but but overall, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I thought, I thought it worked pretty well. John, uh, any thoughts on that? Uh... I think it's, well, with the nodes, you had to be kind of, I think there was a certain strategy to it, because there were also doors you could find, which you could activate, we were locked, but you could oh, right, activate right. them with uh, plugging in nodes. Now, you if you picked up a few nodes, uh, you'd have to think, okay, now, do I use these nodes to upgrade my plasma cutter or weapon, any other weapon, or should I save them and open this door to get, you know, valuable ammunition and play for ammunition that I'll need? Yeah. You've got to kind of weigh the alternatives, and I think there's a certain amount of strategy to it there that I can appreciate. Well, the, it, the strategy's kind of uh, halted, though, by the fact that you could buy nodes. I mean, they're, they're a bit expensive, they are, but, you know, you can still buy a node if, you know, a door requires it. And I'm glad they have that, because I'd hate to leave a, a map and not be able to come back to it and, you know, not, not unlock that door and everything. Not only can you uh, buy nodes as well, but... I've only I only went in one door with a node, so maybe I shouldn't talk a whole lot about it. But with the one door I went into that had a node, just had a couple of things of ammunition, and an audio log. And the audio log was kind of interesting, but it, I felt that if uh, if this had been my first playthrough, that would have been a, kind of a waste of a node, oh, considering the fact that a node is like ten thousand, and the the ammo I got was a little bit of plasma rounds and a pulse rifle round. It's, it just didn't really seem like it was worth it to go in there. I, I could sort of see that, but being like a story freak like I am, you know, or like a guy, I like to explore areas fully before leaving, you know, I, they, th- those doors, it was a no-brainer for me, you know, I'm I'm using the node. <laughs> I'd always <laughs> I'd always keep one, at least one so I could use it on a door like that, so. Yeah. And now we're sort of treading into spoiler territory here, but not not so much. I think after this, we'll probably give a spoiler warning, and you know, we'll, we can discuss specific aspects of the game. You know, they're further along. But uh, 
there's certain areas where a tentacle will grab you and, you know, you're sort of being dragged towards this hole, you know, where presumably you'd be eviscerated by this thing. But there's also this uh, rather bulbous yellow uh, growth on the on the uh, tentacle where, you know, you obviously have to aim for it. But the game does this in a really unconventional way and something that I kind of welcome because it was it was interesting and... It was a bit of a challenge, too, because, you know, you're being dragged by this thing, and the tentacle's moving, and, you know, you don't have a, you don't have your normal, like, crosshair aiming viewpoint, so you've got to kind of, like, aim the uh, gun as Isaac's being dragged, you know, and try to nail the, uh, nail the bulb before it brings you into there to make it explode and everything. I thought, I thought those were kind of interesting. Did you guys like those, or...? Um, yeah, I like it pretty good, especially since, uh, it only, it doesn't do it, it doesn't overdo it. Yeah. It, it, it happens maybe three or four times, and each time, it, it didn't, you know, scare me, but it startled me every time, because the tentacle comes at you fast, I mean, yeah. you just don't see it. It's, it, it can look like just any hall, and, you know, I just walk up, and suddenly it zooms right around the corner and, and, and grabs me, and then, you know, I like being that, that aspect of, uh, how you have to shoot the bulb, the yellow bulb thing to get away from it. But the only thing that I thought was a little uh, off about it was it, it zooms around the corner to get you, and yeah. then once it's got you, it just, like, slowly drags you back in. <laughs> well, that, that, I don't, Is the speed any different on a higher difficulty? I think you're the only one that's uh, played the higher difficulty. No, but... We've got, to think, we've got to think about something here. The Isaac is wearing this fully armored suit, which is going to weigh things down, be quite heavy. It's like, you, like say, you could, you could probably run towards a fridge... But you can't run with the fridge and pull it back to you. But but no. But getting back to that—that's a terrible analogy. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> no, it it just takes a, a couple more hits. But um, but but another question I had for you guys is, what was your favorite weapon? Like mine, the first playthrough, I didn't really buy any other weapon until like the fourth chapter. I bought the line cutter, and it was my bread and butter ever since then. Like the the power that thing has is just fantastic. Uh, Chris, what about you? Um, well, in an interesting development from most other uh, types of shooter games, I found the first weapon you get, the plasma cutter, is just about the the best uh, weapon you can get in the game. It has a, a lot of use, you know, especially the secondary fire, so you can fire vertical or horizontal. I thought that was pretty uh, neat, and it was just, uh, you know, I, th- I think it could be used throughout the whole thing pretty uh, effectively but the one thing i have to say is i didn't really get a chance to play with a whole lot of the other weapons i used the pulse rifle i like the pulse rifle the uh force cannon I, I don't know it was okay for the last boss that i used it on but yeah other than that i i, I couldn't find a whole lot of a good use for it the force gun looks like it's really good and i i want to play with that a lot more especially once i upgrade it and yeah. the line gun definitely I've heard is one of the one of the better weapons yeah, and yeah. I need I but I need to play with that some more too before I can uh make any real uh real answer on that. John, how about you? I gotta say I agree with Chris on this. The plasma cutter is the uh the best weapon you can have. It's uh it's ideal for making surgical strikes on the enemy. Uh I mean it's a game about dismemberment and you gotta remove the limbs and I think the plasma cutter is the most is the best weapon for the job. You know, you can just you can uh, change the you know, horizontally or vertically yeah. depending on what angle you're cutting at, and it's just perfect <laughs> for dismembering. It's a surgeon's weapon of choice. In, in fact, uh, I liked it so much that during my impossible playthrough, I 
went through with just that, as, as sort of as a show of solidarity with you, John, because I know you're going for the one-weapon trophy on the PS3. So I sort of went through that with that, with that, and I found it quite capable. I mean, um, you know, we were talking before about the segment where you get grabbed by the tentacle, and uh, there's no better weapon, in my opinion, than that, like for that segment, because lots of the other weapons, you'll have to charge them up, and that's just time you do not have when you know, the next drag will reset your uh, shot and everything. Okay, so I think that's probably going to do it for the uh, podcast. No, just kidding. Uh, that's probably gonna, <laughs> that's probably going to do it for the uh, non-spoiler-ish segment. So now we're going to get into the specifics. So if you were avoiding anything, you're probably going to want to fast-forward uh, a bit to, to the news segment. So um, this is your warning here. We are now entering spoiler territory. So... Um, John, I think you had a, a bit to say about Chapter 6, I believe it is. Uh, No, Chapter 5, wasn't it? No, I'm pretty sure. Wasn't it Chapter 6? Nemesis? Am I wrong? Which? Yeah, Nemesis Monster is in Chapter 5. You first find okay, it there. Okay, let me, let me say it. John, I think you had a bit to say about Chapter 5? Yeah, the thing about Chapter 5 is that uh, there's a particular enemy in it who... Uh, a few people have uh, uh, said that it's very similar. Uh, says very similar to Nemesis, in yeah. order to the fact that it pursues you throughout the chapter, and uh, it can't be killed in con- using conventional methods. It'll just keep regenerating its limbs. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure a lot of people think like this in the world, be it in the gaming world or the real world. But whenever I shoot something, I want it. I expect it to die. You know, <laughs> I expect it to just collapse and. Never bother me again. No, no, you you really procrastinated on this. Uh, you were stuck there for several days. I mean, like to get you to to advance past this chapter. I mean, yeah, to... I mean the thing is, it's not. I mean, I, I mean, I'm you know, the game is you know, it has its scary moments, but I have no trouble going through it, killing off waves and waves of enemies, having a little scare now and then. I have no problem with that. Fine, you know, I don't mind having a little scare now and then, but then. I can take on waves and waves of enemies and have fun with that and die or whatever and try and get it. No problem. I don't mind doing that. Even the most creepy of environments, I can keep going. No problem. It's when you get these enemies that you... Because you can shoot at these enemies and you can, they will die. They will collapse. They will not bother you again. But yeah. then you get an enemy that you do shoot it and then, oh, wait a minute. He's not dying. He's regenerating that's not fair, in my opinion. That annoys me. No, and I'm I'm not a fan of that. You know, I I that's my biggest weakness. Are enemies that, like Nemesis, you know, continue to stalk you and hunt you down, and it it's just unnecessary panic and stress. It's like oh, I don't really well, care. Well, well, the thing about this monster is, I think you really uh, sort of built it up in your mind as something a bit more serious than it is, because a lot of the times, you know, you can just shut the thing in the door and it won't won't bother you after that. Like, usually. There's there's only one or two rooms where it's, where it's in yeah. that room with you for a while. Yeah, there, there's one part, I forget, I think it's in the, uh, I think it's near medical law. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's in a room and you have to run around until... Uh, Kendra unlocks the door. Yeah, and, and and you go through the door, and you can just stand there staring at it, and it won't it won't come past the door after you, and it's just kind of uh, yeah, kind of silly. Oh, but that room, oh man, what a, what a bastard that room was on impossible mode. I so low on ammo during that, and you have to kill every other enemy besides that thing. And let me tell you, 
one hit with that thing and you are dead in impossible mode. It just cuts, oh, I'm sure. it cuts you in half. That's it. Full health doesn't matter. It cuts you in half. But yeah, that room was a real bitch uh, during that. But overall, I thought the the monster itself, the design kind of sucked on it, in my opinion. Like it just looked like a normal necromorph that had like a bit more flesh on it. You know, yeah. For for a monster that's sort of built up like that, and you know, it returns later on in another chapter where you really have to f- finish it off. Like, how how was it even created? Uh, well, you can hear an audio log of uh, what's his face? What's his I name? I think it's Doctor Mercer. He was like Dr. experimenting Mercer, yeah. on uh, subjects, yeah. live subjects. You can hear him how- like experimenting yeah. on it. Like any, I guess he built it up to like this regenerating thing. You know, his ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah. But uh. Like, I felt they could have designed it better, like, because it just looked like a really crappy, uh, you know, just, just a normal necromorph, really, with a bit more flesh, like I said, but, yeah. What I, what I think would have been more interesting is uh, maybe not designed it better. Well, I guess it would be technically a, a better design, but it started off like it did, like it looked at first, but after you shoot it a few times, have it change. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Because yeah, one, one thing I had heard uh, during the uh, development of the game and during some... Uh, previews and such for it was uh it always talked about how dismemberment was important and that if you shoot off the head just the head or something the uh, enemies can uh, mutate and change into something stronger but that that Mm. actually never happened in the game yeah all it was was shooting it in the head just didn't you know didn't kill it you just had to dismember it a little bit more and it would die nothing ever really mutated because you tried to kill it wrong yeah while we're on the subject of bosses, I guess we should probably discuss Chapter 6, I believe it was, right? Uh, I guess. I don't remember. The food storage yeah, monster? Yeah, food storage. Leviathan. Yeah, the Leviathan, yeah. I, now, this boss battle, like, as soon as you enter this room, you know, it's sort of built up like, oh, you know, you've you've dumped this poison into the room's air vents and it still didn't kill it, so Kendra tells you, you know, you'll go get it. So you're like, all right, yeah, here we go. And then you just enter that room and, like, the, you know, the lighting... The one thing I will say about this game, like, the post-processing effects on certain rooms, like the airlock rooms or low-gravity rooms, really fantastic stuff. Like, it it blurs everything just right so that it looks really, like, sort of hazy, but not not out of focus. Just yeah, really great-looking, great. but... You, you know, you get in there and you see this, like, giant blob mass down the hallway and you're like, oh, what's this? So you're thinking, oh, well, hey, it's probably weakened. And, you know, you, you go lumbering down there as Isaac and all of a sudden, you know, it comes back to life and the tentacles come out and you realize, oh, this is where those tentacles came from, you know, that yeah. have been grabbing me throughout the game. And then you have this, you know, epic long boss fight. But but actually, it wasn't so long the first time for me because I used the contact beam on it, and that just pretty much destroyed it. But playing through that on impossible mode, I must have died like seven or eight times. John can attest to this. He was he was on Skype with me at the time, and you know I was yelling all the time. I can't believe this. But uh, eventually, I did kill it. But man, that thing is really really tough with a plasma cutter in impossible mode. What did you guys think of the boss though? I thought it was uh. It was interesting. Like you said, when you first walk in the room, all you see is this, you know, big fleshy mass down the hall. And I thought that was uh, really interesting because I actually didn't know what to expect from the boss. Yeah. And uh, I walk forward and then the tentacles come out. And, that, and that's one thing that I didn't like is uh, you have to shoot those uh, yellow bulbous things on tentacles. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know how they could have done the boss fight different. Maybe uh, utilized having to throw things at it or something yeah, a little that's, more. Yeah, that's what I thought too, but yeah. 
But uh, overall, it it was a really really interesting boss fight. John, how about anything to say about it? Uh, it. I've got nothing more to add, really. So, you know, it was kind of interesting, but I didn't like the fact that it was built up. It, it, it was only great in its size rather than its ability, what it could do. It was just a giant creature. That was it. it what could it do? You know, it couldn't really just yeah, just send a few tentacles out at me and, and spit balls at me. That was it. There was nothing else to it. Was, and the end boss, I guess, kind of suffered from I'd the say, same. Ultimately. I say it was. I was disappointed by it. I might say. Yeah, I I kind of liked it. I mean, th- there's certain things you gotta make concessions for with a huge boss like that. I mean, I thought I didn't. I didn't figure out the pattern until after uh, the second playthrough. You know, you'll have to when the tentacle comes out to lash you. You know, you should be on the opposite side of the roof at that point, and then you could pretty much easily take it out. But I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean. uh then, of course, there's the, the, the final boss fight. I guess you could say that kind of suffers from the same thing as well. Just sort of like strafe back and forth, then shoot the uh, egg sacs when it, when it opens its mouth and everything. Yeah, the boss fight was uh, it was cool, but it, it didn't really feel like an in-game boss fight. No. It was, just, it was too simple, and it was you know, utilizing that yellow exploding sack mes- method again. And, I, you know, yeah. and it was real easy because... It well, was really easy to same with the, uh, It's the same with the slug boss as well in Chapter 8, I think it was. That had the same, you know, the yellow bulbous sacks you had to shoot. Oh, is this the uh, and, the the cannon one where you're... Where yeah, you're, the okay. cannon one. So you might say that the bosses were weak and repetitive, which I'm inclined to say they were. Yeah, they. when you bring up that point, I kind of forgot about that one. Yeah, you kind of do bring up a good point about that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. May, uh, hopefully in the next one, because they have said they're going to be making a sequel now. So, but um, we kind of mentioned Doctor Mercer back there. That is his name, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Kind of mentioned him. I guess we can't really, you know, n- not talk about the religion. Uh, it's of course called Unitology, but if you read the uh, books or in the game, it kind of accurately describes Scientology of today. You know, it sort of involves aliens and, you know, having to pay the church in order to gang rank in the, in it and everything. And I, I thought it was sort of a, uh, you know, a thinly veiled dig at Scientology. You know, it's quite obvious that that's what they uh, sort of mirrored this Unitology religion on. And uh, I've I've actually looked, looked on a couple forums and, you know, some other people have made the connection and everything. But nobody's really talking about it, I guess, you know, given the... Scientology's reputation for suing people or attacking them. So I guess we don't really want to get into that. But no, we don't uh, want that risk. Just, just want to point out the uh, the similarities, I suppose. You know, just sort of interesting that EA would actually allow the developers to to do that. You know, it's, they sort of take a cover your own ass uh, approach to things. And I just thought it was interesting that they did that. But uh, for Mercer, like um, you know, you see the video where he's. Uh, in towards the end of chapter ten, I think it is where he's being converted by one of those. Oh, I hate those fucking manta ray things that convert all the dead bodies, oh, assholes. But anyway, so you see that thing converting it, and during my second play, during my first playthrough, I didn't make the connection that the uh, necromorph that's up on the second floor there waiting for you was him. But on the second playthrough, I I made a point. I said, you know, hey, that was him, wasn't it? So I. 
I, I made it purpose, like I purposely ran as fast as I could up to that point, and you know, I got out of that door just after the video closed on your screen where he's being converted, and I made it out there, and I seen the corpse that it was converting, and it kind of disappointed me that it was just this, uh, you know, because as he's being converted, he's like, it, he didn't get damaged at all, he just gets converted, but the model that it's converting is, like, all bloodied and everything, and it's just like a, uh, it doesn't even have a head, it's just a white-suited, uh, bloody corpse, and, uh, you know, I thought that it could have been, a, he was, he's a bastard, you know, he, ki- he killed Temple, you know, this guy you've been finding the audio logs from, you know, you, you've been basically following yeah, in his, like, oh, no. you've been following in his footsteps, you know, he mentions that he's going to the mining deck, and then you go to the mining deck, and, you know, he kills him, and, and and the woman, what's her name, Chris? Cross? Uh, Elizabeth Cross. Elizabeth Cross. Yeah, and uh, you know, to to sort of just have him convert into a normal necromorph, I thought that was kind of disappointing. You know, why wouldn't he try to do certain experiments on himself to make him a bit more? You know, because he was quite devout. You know, well, right. that's what the that's what the regenerating uh, the regenerating necromorph was. That was his yeah. representative, you might say. And and, and like. The fact that the developers didn't even give him, like, a special model to convert, you know, didn't even have his face or anything. It's just a normal, dark necromorph. I thought it was really uh, a, a missed point there, you know, because this guy is a bastard, you know. He's, he's like, built up as the main bad guy, the main human bad guy, like, throughout ten damn chapters. And, like, he's killed all these people in the name of this cult. And, uh, you know, he just... Turns into a normal necromorph, and you just kill him. I, I like the like I said, the first playthrough, I just killed him, and I didn't even make the connection that it was him because it didn't even look like him. Yeah, very disappointing. Let me get a drink here. Okay. <laughs> but is there anything else you guys can think of that we can discuss game wise? Let's see. There's, well, there's Hammond's death. There's the if you want to mention maybe that point in the game where we gotta shoot down the uh, asteroids. Oh, Hammond's death. How and Hammond, yeah. how disappointing was that? He survives ten chapters, only to be killed yeah. in a really lame way. Very disappointing. I, he died you know, on a military ship, you know, with fellow soldiers. He would have he would have wanted it to be that way. <laughs> well, one thing was it, it it kind of was trying. I thought it was kind of trying to build up uh, Hammond as maybe this uh, a different character than he actually was when Kendra was making accusations about him and everything. Yeah. I thought he was gonna. I thought he was going to turn out to be the guy that, uh, the, I thought he was going to be the one that, that had been sent there by the church, maybe, and and all that, and I, I was expecting him to be a bit more of a bigger character, possibly survive, well, he he does survive very close to the end, kind of, till chapter 10, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, you just, down there, down there in that one part, you just run up there, he runs up to the glass, he's like, hey, and then he's like, oh, shit, and the... Necromorph just comes in, and beats the hell out of him. I'm like, oh, yeah. like what the hell is that? It's, and then Kendra's, of course, like Kendra's, like, uh, where's Hammond? He's dead. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, get the hell out of here. <laughs> it's just us now. Yeah. yeah, it's just us now. I mean, I was like, damn, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kind of sucks. His character was, you know, he he really redeemed himself back, you know, after the uh, the uh, uh, what is it, the Lexington, John, the the other ship. The Valor? Oh, the Valor, yeah. The, after, the Valor. The, after the Valor crashes in, you know, he's like, you know, fuck this ship. Fuck the CDC. We're out of here. <laughs> yeah, we're, you know, we're getting out of here. And it's like, oh, all right, yes, hell, yes, yes, I, yes, hell yes, let's get out. And uh, like, yeah. to have him die in such a such a crap way, like, 
I felt like maybe they could have had Mercer kill him in some strange way, or just not like a normal random... I mean, okay, yeah, it's a dark brute necromorph. Big deal. What the, You know, I felt his death just kind of was like, it's like, what's the point? You know, he's yeah. he survived this long against creatures probably the same size as that thing. Like, why would a, why would they just kill him off like that? They could have, they had, I felt they could have done it in a better way. I agree, definitely. Uh, anything else? What the hell else was there, Chris? What was the second part you talked uh, about? The part where you had to uh, shoot down the asteroids. Oh, right. Yeah, I, it was like a... I, I didn't like it because I don't really like those t- kinds of things because I have horrible aim and <laughs> I lost like a dozen times in a row. Oh man! And, and when I finally won, I had four percent whole integrity <laughs> left. I'm like, I'm like, I do not want to do that again. I immediately saved. John, I think, was, I think you had to go through that uh, and get what was it to get the trophy? Uh, I was I was playing the PS3 version and. You get uh, if you get through that bit with more than fifty percent whole integrity remaining, then you get a trophy called uh, "Don't Don't Get Cocky Kid." You know, a nice Star Wars reference. <laughs> and, and I was I, I had to I played through it and I did that entire sequence about five or six times over until I got it right. And there were times where I got oh forty eight percent, forty nine percent, and then at the very end, fifty one percent got it. It's a terrible thing, this trophy addiction of yours. Yeah, it's like my coding addiction. It's never going to go away. <laughs> it's the kids, you know, the kids that drive me to the booze. Okay, and uh, I think that would probably do it for the game. Um, but, of course, as we said earlier, there were two... Uh, I guess we'll start with the comics first. Did, did either of you watch them? Because I, I still haven't had the chance to go check them out. I watched the animated comics on YouTube, by right, YouTube. Oh, okay. Uh, that EA had put up. And I'm not a big fan of the artwork. It's... Call me a philistine, but I didn't really... I couldn't appreciate the art style. I was like, did a child draw this or something? This, <laughs> this is really poorly. It's like Ashley Wood in the MGS comics. Like, yeah. Is that... Terrible. Is it the same style? Like, the same, like, mechanics? Like, the speech bubbles? Or is it text or audio? It's uh, It's just an audio played over it. Oh, okay. So it also has it does have speech bubbles. It does have speech bubbles with text, though. Oh, okay. It no, does. No. I don't remember seeing them, but I didn't. well, there there's just normal comic versions too that that uh, have them. It's, oh yeah. There's HD versions up on the PlayStation Store, I believe. So I'll probably check that. Probably Xbox Live as well. So I'll probably check those out. But Chris, can you can you explain hmm? the story for the comics? Because I, I what is? Oh, oh yeah, actually no. The the comics, yes. Uh, I should get. Sorry, Chris. I should get. I should explain that more. Uh, so the comics basically uh, depict uh, what happens where so basically there's a colony on the planet uh, Aegis 7 I think it is there's a colony down there, a mining colony and basically these colonists, a mining operation whatever you, and they discover this marker the red marker ah, yeah. and uh, these people unwittingly they unearth this terrible uh, uh, conscience Consciousness, consciousness, uh, this uh, this mind, this hive mind, and it begins to drive them crazy. They all start going insane. And now, wait, and, let me uh, interrupt you there. Now, does this take place during the planet crack or after? Uh, no, uh, before the planet crack. Oh, okay. 
where basically they find a marker and people start going a bit crazy or whatever and then the Ishimori is on its is on route there and uh, the the colony administrator is like oh you know, I will I will uh, you know, I'll do my job and you know cuz uh, the marker for the church and Altman be praised oh he was know. uh the col- were all the colonists uh unitologists or uh, no. There was a unitologist uh, representation there, you know, as ah. a priest or whatever. And but the administrator was a unitologist, and then mm. Mafia, Captain Mafias comes in with the Ishimori. He's like, you know, we're en route to the location. You know, secured a marker when it brought aboard my ship. You know, and he turns up, takes charge of the situation using his uh, absolute authority. Now, were there necromorphs at this time there? Or? No. Uh, no. No, not this time. No. Ishimura turns up and people start thinking, oh, this is really bad, we shouldn't be doing this. And they try to convince the colony administrator to convince Captain Matthias not to crack the planet. You know, don't, we can't go ahead with this. Yeah. But anyway, they do, you know, they, they begin the planet crack. And the moment it's, the moment it, they crack the planet open, chaos unfolds, you know, it's like the door <laughs> open to hell. And so, you know, and madness happens, people start dying, necromorphs start appearing. So the necromorphs come from under in the from the planet crack in the in the in the core of the planet, right? Uh well the bat things kind of infect corpses. Oh, okay. See all these people commit suicide, see mass suicides. Oh wait, why do they do that? Well, you see the hive mind, uh I this is a theory, but oh. I think the hive mind, you know, how gradual we can say, you know, so it encourages mass suicide, right. so then therefore it's got plenty of corpses to become necromorphs. Gotcha. That, that's that's, that's like, partially true, but it's also the fact that unitology, uh, death is an important thing to them. Yeah, yeah. And they, kind of, they get this idea that uh, they have to die to move on to, the, to their enlightenment. And so uh, it's mostly the unitologists that, uh, that are killing themselves gotcha. or killing other people. So, there's a big plot to it, you know, because like the government kind of understand what's going on here, and you, there's, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. So, so basically, at the end, everything goes to hell, and uh, like yeah, the, the Ishimura turns up, and the colony goes to hell, basically, and uh, I was trying to evacuate to the Ishimura. They want to get away and get you know uh, escape to the Ishimura. Ah, uh, okay. So some colonists but, uh, make it to the Ishimura. Uh, as I know, as far as I know, there's only one survivor who makes it to the Ishimura. A guy called Harrison. Oh, I'm surprised. Uh, I don't know what happens. What happens with him? Mm. Uh, there's also a guy who's in the comics. who's like a sergeant or whatever, and he's like a Sergeant Newman. Yeah, so, yeah what, Sergeant Newman. Sergeant Newman. Yeah. Yeah, he says, "Don't come looking for me. You might not like what you find." <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, I don't think I ever saw him in the comic. I think there was an audio log of him somewhere. Uh. In the, in anyways, the game, there's an audio log at the end. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and uh, basically, uh, the college tried to escape to the Ishimura, but Captain Matthias, yeah, he's like, you know, I, I, some sort of really bad to go on the colony. You know, I don't want that mess on my ship, you know. I don't want any of that happening here, so he issued a no-fly order. Oh, okay. he, as far as he was concerned, he was just going to take the marker and hightail it out of there. You know, he didn't care about the colony, as far as I know. <laughs> so then there's the uh, downfall Blu-ray DVD release. Uh, Chris, I think you're the only one here who managed to to get that so far. So can you tell us a bit about like what it what is it? It's a, it's an animation, correct? Yeah, it, it's it's similar to uh, Japanese animation. Oh, okay. But I think it was. I don't know. I don't know if it was made by 
it made in Japan. Yeah, I'm not sure. How, uh, but uh, about how long is it like, and and what does the story it, tell? It's about 76 minutes, and it starts uh, right before they crack the planet. Ah. And so basically right before things go bad. And unlike the animated comics, it doesn't focus on what happens in the colony. It focuses on uh, basically the events from uh, right when they pl- crack the planet to uh, right before the Kellyan arrives. Ah. It's, a, it's, very sh- it's actually short. It's, well, short uh, in general. It's about 76 minutes, so it's not even an hour and a half, no. which is about standard for a movie, I think. Is Nicole in this? Uh, for like one minute, and she doesn't speak. <laughs> they uh, they find her with a bunch of other civilians, and uh, the the main character asks her if she has a boyfriend and if she wants to see him, and she just nods her head and she runs off, and you never see her again well, in the whole thing. Wait, now she's actually a unitologist, isn't she? Nicole? Yeah, am I am I wrong on that? Because I know in the in the uh, 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 I you know I'm I'm pretty I don't sure, remember. I'm pretty sure she is. But um, one of the because one of the uh, logs sort of gives the background history of Isaac after you beat the game. You know, you can go to chapter twelve, and there's a couple logs, text logs at the end. You know, there's one that explains planet cracking a bit more, and and you know, one of them is a background check that Hammond requested on Isaac and uh, Kendra, and like it sort of mentions that you know Isaac's parents were, uh, you know, his father was a military man who was shipped off to various colonies and this mo- the most recent one you know is a long term off site you know he was going to be there for several years I suppose and uh, you know it mentions how Isaac was kind of getting various missions to fix colony stuff so that he could try to find him but never successfully found him and it mentions right. you know that his father was sort of where he was going was highly classified and even they couldn't have access to it so maybe that kind of leads into a possible sequel but getting back on track like his mother was a unitologist and she like you know sold her home and everything just to like go higher into the ranks and everything and you know it doesn't really mention Isaac besides like the fact that he had a good education and everything but like the fact that his mother was so involved in unitology she couldn't afford to send him to proper like proper schools to get him a real good education even though he did graduate with top honors just go to like Ivy League schools and all that yeah. Uh, the only thing I don't think though that that text log mentioned it mentioned Nicole, but I think it just said that he got involved with a uh, a medical oh, okay. girl named Nicole for a couple of years. Yeah. But um. Anyway, back to the comic. Uh, uh, back to the downfall. One thing I noticed when I did because I've seen both the comics and Downfall, they actually begin and end nearly the same way. They both begin with the the main character in the in the. Well, different main characters, but basically begin with their main characters, yeah, giving giving their final transmission. This is you know I'm the last survivor. <laughs> Everything else is dead. Blah blah blah. And then it'll go back and it'll be like both are like you know a couple of weeks ago or a little while ago. Yeah. And then in the end, it shows them again talking about their. Uh, it shows them doing the transmission again. But uh, Downfall had a, it it was good. It was overall okay. It was fine, but it did have a few flaws. And uh, one oh. thing that I didn't that I didn't like was the in the in downfall they do basically find out pretty quickly that their guns have no effect yeah but uh one of the an engineer guy who apparently is mentioned in the game I'm not sure his name is uh Irons uh, engineer I, yeah, Irons yeah I vaguely recall that yeah 
I think Temple or somebody mentions in an audio log that he has no idea where he went. Yeah. And uh, he he actually uh, takes play. He actually is in the uh, downfall. Oh. And he he open he opens up a uh, engineering crate is what he said. He just opened up some kind of supply cr- uh, closet or something. So I mean I'm I'm not sure why you wouldn't find these things around the ship more often. But yeah. they use in in the instead of using plasma cutters and such in the DVD, they end up all getting a bunch of uh, plasma like chainsaws. Oh, and I, I thought, yeah, I thought that would have been a much useful weapon in the game if you happen well, to run out of ammunition there, or something. Isn't there a ripper? Like I, I haven't actually bought it, but it's like saw blades. The ripper. It, yeah, it's like actual physical saw blades. I think I haven't oh, played okay. with it either, but it, the, it uses more saw blades. But the uh, one in the anime, it basically looks like a chainsaw made out of plasma weapons. Very cool. Um, there, there were a few uh, inconsistencies between the the. Uh, anime and the game as oh. well yeah there's there's a few things that don't make sense and and are changed a little bit the the main one that comes to mind is the uh when when captain matthias uh is confronted his his final confrontation in in the anime this, it shows pretty well that he goes crazy he's a he's a unitologist this is the video up. log now in the in the game the video log where you know he stabs matthias in the eye it's sort of sort of looks like he just stabs him in the eye and then says it was an accident. Right. And in the uh in the anime uh Math- Matthias goes he he goes crazy and everybody on the on the whole uh bridge are like he's gone crazy, you know, let do something about it Dr. Kine and Dr. Kine pulls out a you know his sedative and he's like a uh, guy is holding him and Matthias just struggles real bad and ends up uh getting breaking free and coming at a uh, Dr. Kine and oh. Dr. Kine is struggling with him and it's pretty obvious. It's much more obvious than an accident in the uh, anime. Oh wow! During the str- during the struggle, uh, the syringe gets poked into his eye, and because of this, uh, Matthias kind of you know goes up to grab his head a little bit and loses his grip on uh, kind and falls to the floor, and the syringe just punctures straight into his uh, head, which kills him. Well, that makes a lot more sense because in the damn video they showed, he just sort of like sl- he just sort of lightly pokes his eye while yeah, he's being yeah, perfectly held strange. still and it looks like I he have, did have it another, he did it maliciously go ahead john i have another question here uh are the voice actors the same in the game and the film um there's only like uh like two characters i think that uh are even similar you never hear from temple or anybody else Aww. there may have been a couple of guys who might have been in some audio logs like once or twice Adam but fire is still voiced by uh J.G. Hertzler? Like the guy? Uh, I don't know. I think <laughs> how do you, so. Well, how do you even know this guy's name? Is he... I know, really. It's Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He played General Martok in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> He's a good veteran character actor. I'll have to um, take your word for that. <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but... Uh, anyway, one thing, another thing that kind of relates to uh, Matthias's death that was... Uh, different was uh before matthias died one of the first places in the uh ship that apparently got uh taken over by the necromorphs was the morgue yeah yeah that's that's the first place the security team which is what which is who you're following the security team and and the captain of the security team which is the main character and uh they they go to the morgue and it's brutal it's you know already blood and guts everywhere and everything and this is before they take matthias's body there that's interesting but if you, but if you look in the game uh it has like a, uh, an autopsy had been performed on Matthias when uh, after he died, yeah. and I don't really I don't really see that happening because they said they secured his body in the morgue and then uh, 
they were basically kind of shutting down everything at this point. I mean, they knew crap was going on, and so I don't I don't see why there would have been an autopsy performed on them at that point, especially since everybody on the bridge saw what happened. Mm. I figured you know things would be a lot different. Well, it, it's interesting you note that because there's a uh, a text log after you beat the game that sort of mentions that there were two people that were infected that were brought up from the planet. I think uh, I believe it was a doctor and someone else, maybe Doctor Hart. And, I think it was two doctors. Yeah, they, but I'm not sure. And he sort of chronicles how the uh, the body changes after uh, it's infected, and then and then the very last entry is you know, oh god, it's funny because he's still typing this down. He's like, oh god, it's <laughs> yeah. it's hitting, it, you know, it's hitting the uh, vent with its tail. Oh god, now it's loose in the ship. It's loose in the ship, and then that's the last thing you hear. So that's like the sort of the uh, catalyst for all the bullshit that happened. <laughs> Actually, it's it's not. Oh, it's not. The anime has different. Uh, it, well, it may have uh, it may have helped. I'm I'm not actually yeah. sure, but the way the anime portrays what happens is uh, two of the guys on the colony are just they're they're part of the uh, they're not miners. They're part of the uh, team getting uh, getting the planet set up for the crack. Okay. And and they they're on the colony at the time. And right after the planet crack, I guess uh, all hell broke loose. That's when all you know the yeah. monsters started threatening the colony. And the, and one of the guys, uh, one of them just disappears. He just disappears on screen. But anyway, so what happens is uh, one disappears. The other one, he gets he's freaked out. Basically, he knows shit's going down. So he goes to go find his girlfriend, uh, Jen Barrows, and the name is familiar. I don't know if she was remember, if she was mentioned in the comics or the game in some file or something. Mm. But he goes to find her, and she was apparently a unitologist, or or she's just gone crazy. Uh. He finds her in her room, and she has cuts all over her. Her room is just destroyed. But she's alive at the at for like a brief moment. She mentions something about how they need the bodies, and then she cuts her own throat. And in fact, she cuts it pretty deep. Her head almost falls off. Jesus. But uh, but she dies, and he he's like freaking out. He he's like, oh shit! So he grabs the body. He takes it with her with him. He goes and gets in the last shuttle that that was his personal shuttle, I guess, and goes to the Ishimura. And uh. while they try they try to keep him out, and I thought it was kind of funny what he said on the way. He said, uh, landing, crashing, or shot down, I'm not going back. And uh he, he basic and uh he crash lands into the into the uh bay of the Ishimura, but what had happened was uh, one of the bat things that bat infector thingies yeah. uh had gotten on his ship and was infecting his girlfriend behind him and he didn't oh, notice. Man. So right when he crash lands, he turns around, his girlfriend's infected, she infects him, and that it's pretty much kind of implied that those two are what infects the rest of the ship. Now, um... What about this other guy that got on board as well, this Harrison fellow? Well, no, wait, what... I, th- I, think, that it, I think that is Harrison. Oh, okay. Well, what about this uh, ship that... Because uh, the audio log in the, on the colony mentions that, uh, you know, the, a ship tried to take off and then it crash landed and killed about 100 people. Is that shown that, in yeah, either of these? That's in that's in the comics. They, uh... The ship had like two hundred people on board, or something like that, or maybe not two hundred, but it was. Uh, this is like it a, had too many. It had, huh? This is like an escape vessel, like to go to the Ishimura. They were. Or? There, there's like six, uh, six shuttles or something like that, and and they overfill one of them basically, and it's too ah. heavy. And the driver's like, it's too heavy. I, I, they're in the air at this point. He's like, there's too heavy. We can't, we can't make it all the way. And this other guy, you know, of course, is it's all panic and chaos. He's like, fuck you, you know, you better go, you know. <laughs> Better go, and they get in a fight, and uh, basically they they end the ship just loses control, and it just basically comes back down, 
nice. right on top of right on top of the uh, shuttle bay, and all the other shuttles are destroyed, and several hundred people are killed. And fantastic. Yeah, that pretty much uh, screws any escape for uh, the colony at that point. Well, there's one more question regarding downfall. Just a simple question. Okay. Is Dr. Mercer in it? No. Dr. Kine is, though. Ah. Dr. Uh. Kine is, and uh, Nicole is seen briefly. Matthias, those are really the only ones you'd recognize. Right at the end of... Uh, oh, and and here's, here's another thought uh, point, too, that i, I got to make. As, uh, right at the end... Well, it's it's a before this part, but I want to mention this real quick. Right at the end, you do uh, the ending of uh, Downfall. Pretty much has right when the Kellyan shows up. It the Kellyan comes in on screen and says, uh, "Ishimura, are you uh, there? Uh, we're docking now, basically." Oh, and just before we wrap it up here, just one quick thing to mention. Um, it's just sort of a little Easter egg as you're playing through. You know, uh, if you if you check the uh, first letter of each chapter name, it spells Nicole is dead. So. <laughs> Sort of like showing that subconsciously, maybe Isaac knew, and that he just sort of blocked it out that she was dead in the video, you know. All right, so uh, that's gonna probably wrap it up for the Dead Space talk. Uh, hope you guys all enjoyed it. <laughs> So, um, first up in the new segment here, we have uh, a rumor, uh, Biohazard 5 coming to the iPhone. Uh, this is kind of suspect here, but I'll say it anyway, just take it with a huge grain of salt. Uh, a Brothersoft, it's a free software download site, sort of like CNET, I guess, download.com. Uh, they're reporting that Capcom has announced plans to bring Biohazard 5 to the iPhone. This, uh, like I said, this information is heavily suspect, and the source they cite is Japan. Uh, and no no other sites have reported on this, so... It's quite vague. <laughs> yeah, probably bullshit. Um, Computer and Video Games has a video interview with M- Masachikwa Kawada. Uh, Game Trailer has an interview with Jun Takeuchi. Uh, the Resident Evil 5 de- demo was available for play at the Game Access convention uh, on the 24th and the t- to the 26th. Uh, of course, Dead Space was released in the UK, so all you guys in the UK, you know, pick that up finally. Uh, game trailers also interviewed uh, Kawada and Takeuchi together, where they confirmed there will be no Wii version for Biohazard 5. Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. They, <laughs> I think the the comment they mentioned that is though the title screen can't even run, uh, you know, on a Wii, which sort of makes me think they kind of took inspiration from the not you know not to toot my own horn here, but the the Resident Evil 4 Classic Edition fake menu there. I got, I guess it's probably going to be in real time, you know. Or maybe it'll like hover over the uh, village or whatever you are, sort of like Half-Life Two, I guess you would say, where it had uh, in-game, you know, backgrounds as the menu. 
But uh, moving along here, uh, IGN has an update on the home release of Home of Degeneration. Uh, last week we said, you know, that the there will be a Leon interview, and uh, they've confirmed now that it'll be a mock one. So Leon will be in character. So hopefully we'll get oh, some. God. Uh, well, the the good thing is maybe we'll get some behind the scenes plot details that aren't mentioned in the movie itself. You know. Is it my hair? Awesome. <laughs> Look at my. It's always gonna be just dribble. Do you want to know my stylist? Uh, R.E. Horror had an interview with Ken Lally, who is uh, Wesker's motion actor. Uh, might want to be a bit worn there. I guess it's all over the forums now, but there's a, a character's identity is confirmed in that, so you might want to avoid that if you're going on a total blackout. Uh, UGO has an interview with Karen Dreyer, as does Project Umbrella. You can find that Project Umbrella one on Bioflames. Um, it seems like all the the motion actors now are like pretty much every site's contact them. I think IGN even had like a an interview with Karen, a rather dull one, if I say so myself, like on uh, their Game Scoop podcast. But uh, uh, we posted some shots of the Tokyo Game Show 2008 Capcom DVD on the site. Uh, Code Veronica X Freak was nice enough to provide us with some pictures of the pre-order box art for the Biohazard Remake Wii Edition. Uh, from that DVD, though, I put up uh, a, a Biohazard version of the latest Resident Evil 5 trailer and uh, a new Degeneration trailer, so you might want to check those out on the the Degeneration ones on the General Trailers page. Uh, Degeneration's official box art has been released. Uh, features Leon and Claire on the cover with some fire effects and zombies. Not to be outdone, the Japanese have released the box art, and it is much better. Uh, there's also a special Blu-ray edition, which includes the statue of the G-Monster that's in the game. Only fifth, only only 5,000 copies of this uh, will be available, so you're probably going to want to pre-order that pretty quick. PlayAsia and various other sites. Um, the price of the DVD is 4,980 yen, while the Blu-ray is 5,980 yen, and the collector's edition of the Blu-ray is uh, 128,000 yen. So about, you know, 100, $128 for the... Uh, the collector's edition there. Uh, the UMD version <laughs> is uh, thirty nine ninety. So yeah, you that know. format still exists. Yep. Uh, it'll the DVDs will be on sale uh, the seventeenth of December. And finally, to wrap up the new segment here, Amazon.com has an exclusive video feature on the site uh, on the pre-order page for the Degeneration. So you might want to check that out. It's about a minute and thirty seconds long. Has I think it's Kobayashi. I didn't really get a good look at that, but yeah. Might want to check that out yourself there. So That's pretty much all the news. Uh, so we're probably going to be moving into the community segment where we take uh, questions and comments from the community. Oh. Oh. What's wrong, honey? Oh, I got a splitting headache. Oh, I've got just the thing for that. Saxpern has been proven in medical trials to be 40 percent more effective than a leading brand. Do not take saxpern if you have sensitive skin or taking other prescribed analgesics or tricyclic antidepressants. Side effects may include skin irritation, increased appetite, shallow breathing, and in rare cases, renal failure. Discontinue use of contact your doctor if you experience any of these symptoms. You know, my headache's gone already. I'm glad it can help. Saxpern, the common cure. Okay, so the first call we have here is uh, from Heligat, so let's see what he has to say. Hey, Dot and everyone else out there, it's Gene, better known as Heligat, on the horror boards. Um, since you're playing Dead Space this week, I know that Dot, I think, was playing the PC version. I want to know how the port was. Uh, was it any good? Because I did know that Dot was complaining about it, um, in the 
RPG dispatch topic, um, but he seemed to like it um, a bit later on uh, with the high resolutions and the nice graphics and everything. So just a general review of the PC port would be great. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, so review. Um, well, uh, you know, it, it took me a bit to get used to the field of view with it. I think that was my biggest gripe. Like, uh, just just let it be known that, you know, you're probably not going to want to use mouse. Maybe during the uh, certain segments, I don't want to spoil anything, uh, certain segments of the game you might want to switch to the mouse. But, uh, you know, definitely have a gamepad, preferably the 360 one, because it automatically maps everything to that. And I should mention, you can't remap any of the buttons. You know, you can only remap keyboard keys, so just be aware of that. Um, the graphics, though, like... I'm I'm running it. Granted, I'd run a, a quad core PC here, but you know the video card I have is a bit. It's showing its age. It's an 8800 GT, and uh, but I can run the game 1920 by 1080. You know 1080p resolution with all effects on high. I, I don't have the anti-aliasing on because uh, it's uh, software anti-aliasing, and it looks it just blurs the edges. So it's not like a proper anti-aliasing. But uh, but I digress. Uh, but yeah, the graphics look insanely great. Uh, lighting and post-processing effects, particle effects, even like you know the when you're in a certain area, you know there's smoke and everything. Nice, really nice haze for smoke and everything like that. But yeah, uh, PC version probably the version to go with. Uh, as long as you don't mind playing with a gamepad, you know if you have the PC to run it. I'm not really sure. You know the spec wise, but like I said, you know my my quad core runs at a sixty fps constant. I rarely ever had a drop, so yeah, um, you know go go for it if you can, you know, because the uh, the clean visuals really help make the game stand out. So the next column we have here is uh, from Nomad ninety twenty six. He is of course the guy who has the bird avatar with the crooked neck. So let's see, see what he has to say. Hello everybody, this is Nomad1926. So, Dead Space. I don't say this too often, but this game impressed me. Really impressed me. In fact, I wasn't even looking forward for it. Only because of some lucky coincidence, I saw the very beginning of the game in my local game store, and I was just amazed by it. Fantastic light and interesting design. It's a true next-gen game. So I bought it, and I absolutely liked it. The gameplay was great. It was very intense and had a great balance between action and horror. And of course, I can't but say about strategic dismemberment. It was really fun. I mean, I like to dismember enemies, and I like to be dismembered by them. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of the death things and great checkpoint system made the death of your character really fun. And the story of the game was also exciting. It featured everything that I liked. Conspiracy, alien infection, unexpected twist and story and ending, an epic final boss fight. Yeah, that final boss fight really was pretty epic. I mean, the, the sense of scale on that was just, you know, massive. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever... I mean, I've seen giant bosses, you know, I've played Serious Sam, but I don't think I've ever encountered a boss quite that big. And Yeah, it was easy, but very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. But there are still some moments that I didn't like. The fact that there are only three boss fights, even two and a half, actually. Yeah, and like we said earlier, you know, the boss fights were kind of lacking in variety. I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but yeah. I was really hoping for more, and lacked of all the cinematographic scenes, like when you face a final boss. I felt like there were not enough of them. But still, the game is great, with big trophy collection. So I'd give it uh, 9 out of 10. 
And uh, I also have one question. I watched the animated comics and the downfall, and I noticed that they are very different from the game in terms of events and designs, basically in everything. Just remember the moment in Downfall when the Necromorph wasn't able to come close to the marker, like there was some kind of invisible wall holding them, and there was nothing like this in the game. So, can you consider them canon, or are they just spin-offs made for advertisement? Anyway, that's all. Thanks for listening. Chris, I think I think you'd probably be the best guy to to ask about that. The uh, how the marker, the marker thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, at first I was a bit confused about this too, but I thought about it and I talked to John about it a little bit. And I think what happened is uh, in the anime, I think it was hooked up to the uh, machines and I think it was on. It was it was like turned on somehow or whatever, and that's why they couldn't get close to it. Uh-huh. But when you're in the game, you just pull you pull it out of storage, which actually kind of uh, brings a question to me: is how did it get in the storage? Because the uh, ending of uh, the anime is right there. She's she's right there at the marker, which is in some kind of hangar bay attached to uh, machines and such. And then she, uh, well, I, w- I won't uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. spoil it too much. But but she uh, it ends right there. And right where, you know, there where it ends, it shows the uh, Kellyan pulling up to the Ishimura. So, so between there and then... Uh, I... then and. Uh, I suppose when it, it happened in the game, it got it somehow got into the storage bay. I don't know how. Could have been maybe Matthias, right? You know, he was he he was uh, incapacitated. Oh, shush, John. He was incapacitated at the time. Wait, am I saying the wrong name? Who's Tom Cruise again? What's his name? Mercer. Uh, okay. Mercer. Yeah, well, it could have it could have been Mercer, I suppose, putting it down there just to protect it, or maybe no. Possible. Wait. It could have been Andy. Shit, wait. But, <laughs> yeah, it could have been Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but either way, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure what happened was it it wasn't on when you were transporting it in the game, and it somehow was in the uh, in the anime, yeah. and when it was on its pedestal in the uh, comics. Yeah, to lend credence to that, though, like, you know, at, well, I don't really want to spoil it, but the marker does get activated, we'll say, in the game. So I suppose that... And and when it does get activated, you know, monsters are not around, or they don't. They just stop coming. So, okay, this next one here is from uh, RE Master uh, Joe, better known as. So here, let's play it. Hey, this is Joe, aka RE Master on the boards. Uh, I just got done beating Dead Space a few days ago, and I'm very surprised to say that I don't actually have that many complaints to say about it. However, one complaint that I do have is the text with the holograms. It doesn't really bother me too much that I have to access my inventory while fighting, but the thing that bothers me is that whenever you get a text log, which you get many, uh, it's very hard to read them because of the size of the font, and, and it's just really uh, difficult to read it. I mean, I know I'm exaggerating a bit, but unless you have, you know, like a 50-inch TV, you're going to have to strain your eyes a little bit. And it's, you know, it's a shame because there's so many text logs with so much information to read. Uh, I just wish they would have made it a little bigger. But, I mean, all in all, I thought it was a good, solid game. Yeah, I heard some people who had, um, you know, who didn't have HGTVs complain about this. But did you have any issue with this, John? I know you're you're not on an HGTV, so... Uh, I, um, well, I'm a text log. I seem, it was all right for me because I kind of just move the camera around a bit so that it, it, I maneuver it so the uh, actual log on the 
you know the pop-up window screen whatever you was you know close to the you know the character so yeah it became more if you like back up into a wall, it, it sort of puts it. More yeah, yeah, yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah, I just kind of maneuvered the screen so I could see the writing more clearly. It's just a case of doing that, really. Yeah. So in two weeks, we're going to be discussing the first Resident Evil movie. Certainly not a game, but um, we're probably all going to rewatch the movie and uh, we'll, we'll barely a movie. Sort of give our thoughts on it. Well, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to be the lone. Uh, you know, you two are going to be the circling sharks as I'm being lowered into the pit. You know, because I, I, honestly, I didn't, I didn't think it was so bad. But I guess we'll we'll get into that next, we'll, next podcast. Yeah, we'll get into that next podcast. So, uh, all right. So uh, that's probably going to do it for the fifth episode of the RPD Dispatch. I hope you guys all like the uh, Dead Space talk. I think we all certainly enjoyed the game quite a bit, and we're anticipating future installments of it. Uh, yeah, guys. Sure am. It's a good franchise yeah, starter. Definitely. So for the horrors alive, I am dot fifty cal. I'm Alzer. I'm Project Umbrella. I'm Mr. Spencer. We'll see you in two weeks. I am Count Fifty Cal, and joining me today is the Oh fuck. Um how would I introduce Frankenstein? A terrible monster awakens. Okay, hang on. He's bald and has a mustache. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's like a depressed Frankenstein. I'm not actually depressed. And joining us in a I'm not doing a werewolf, mate. <laughs> okay. Oh, I can't do it now. <laughs> okay. On this spectacular episode, we had our friend. Blood donut. Then, uh. Oh, crap. You'll have to blend this in because yeah, I, yeah, I just I'll... lost a thing. Um. Crap. I'm not sure it's chapter 7 or chapter 8, but it's when you're defending. Oh, what are you doing? You can't say that. Oh, no, bloody hell. Okay, I'm just gonna cut that. Oh, guess what the hell else can we say without spoiling it? I know, it's hard to talk about that spoiling. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about your irrational fear of it, John. I think it's probably time to do it. If I shoot something, I expect it to die, you know? Come back, come back, come back, uh, back. We're getting our paychecks from EA after this. Mm. John kind of threw it out there, Gun Survivor 1. I wouldn't mind if I did that so much. But that'd be I a, don't, you don't, I don't, know if I, I don't know if I can play that. Why? I'd have to get a look. Oh, wait, no. Never mind. You'd have to get drunk first. 
before I forget, I want to say one thing. I worked on Dead Space. I, I am part of the uh, Dead Space development team. Look it up. It's uh, the part, the production marketing manager or something like that. Is uh, is my name? It's Chris Brown. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I, I noticed it while I played. And I, I I keep wanting to bring it up, you know. I keep forgetting. It, it, oh, it's so uh, now. It's uh, I don't care. Oh, <laughs> it's, uh, that's pretty yeah. awesome. That's awesome. All right, we should get. Yeah, we yeah, gotta yeah, end yeah, this because I, have... I gotta get to bed. I am dead. I know Chris is probably dead too. Dead space. Am I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's. I was really hoping for more. And luck of all these similar graphic scenes, like when you face a final boss of. Crap! Uh... Okay, so uh, for Chris uh, and for John, I am dot uh, fifty cal, and I fucked it up. Uh, yeah. But John, you can. I don't want to. I don't want to play it anyway. Through principle. Oh. Fuck, fuck Valve and fuck Game New. Oh, oh no! It's a matter of principle. Uh, how dare you, threaten Listen, discourage. that fat fuck with his cheese-stained fingers can bugger off and take his fanboyism <laughs> with him because I have no place in the games industry. Listen to you. You're, you're like the PS3 guy. Yeah, about I'm, not, I'm, I'm not in the games industry. I don't work in the games industry. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he did kind of cross the line. Actually, Le Left 4 Dead is not for PS3. Oh, shit. 360 and PC only. Really? Well, that's a surprise. Oh, that's... Chris, when I introduce you, just go, or something like that, okay? Arr. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and then, John, you're going to be the wolf man, and I'm going to introduce you, and then your reply, your, your reply is going to be like, ow! No, no. <laughs> no, 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 you're doing it. you got to do it. Listen, I'm... No, no, no. Do we do, we no do that? Then say our name and such? I'm, 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 I'm a crazy man. Chris, you're just... And John, you're... And that's Can't it? We don't say our name after that? <laughs> no, no, you are the Wolfman. This is... It's the Wolfman? Oh, I can't do this, John. You're... I can't do this. Oh, I can't do wolf noises. Just... Just... I know you can. You're British. You can do it. I can't do them. <laughs> what was that? See? Chris. Can you try to do that's a wolf noise? Like a I'll be a skeleton. I'll be a skeleton. No, there is no skeleton. We are doing iconic monsters. The Wolfman, Frankenstein, and... The, skele I the skeleton is an iconic monster. You I'm... see skeletons all over I the place. I want to be Frankenstein, so... Okay, Chris, Frankenstein. You, you are Frankenstein. John, come on. Do this. I'm... Listen. Arr, I can't do Arr, a wolf it, noise. Hey, it works. It's perfect, okay? And, and try not to laugh, okay? Because I'm going to sound... I'm gonna, I that's, am called that's 50 the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> okay, try not to laugh. Cause I'm gonna put on a voice. I'm Dracula. All right. I swear, there's a little gnome in my room who likes to collect bottle caps.